0: Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, whether for fun or profit. Stephen, good to see you. Welcome back to the GeoMob Podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. Great to see you, Ed. Um, I think you've got better weather than I have, but it's lovely to see you again.
0: Um. What are we talking about today Stephen? What are we what are we going to do? We've dive got, into?
1: We've got a heck of a lot of stuff to talk about. So um first of all I know you're itching to brag about the new Berlin event and how fantastic it was. So GeoMob Berlin, let's start with the GeoMob events. It's the GeoMob podcast. Go for it.
0: Th- that's right. So um, we are recording today on Monday. So last Wednesday evening, we had the very first um, GeoMob Berlin, uh, and it was fantastic. I want to give a big uh, note of thanks to, to Peter Rose, who I- is going to be our, our, the lead organizer in Berlin. And so we had it at the co-working space that his company works out of. Uh, very good turnout. We had uh, about 35 people or so um, who were you know all all highly relevant. Uh, we had several people. We, we had Giuseppe who came from London, made the trip Yay. from London. Uh, I uh, went uh, Alexis made the trip from Barcelona, or yeah, I don't know if he made the trip, but he happened to be in Berlin anyway. So we had a few kind of geomob regulars, uh, who were there to help help create the mood. But um, yeah, it was fantastic turnout. Uh, very briefly, I can, can run through the talks if you like. Um, our first Go talk was was Ian from uh, Formation, who has been on the podcast here. Um, uh, but they are doing really cool stuff to kind of enable companies or organizations that have kind of big, complex workspaces. Um, you know, be it a factory or like an airport or a logistics center or something. Um, and so they provide all kinds of Easily deployable tools so that the the employees or the members of the organization can very quickly link up, know where your coworkers are, know where your equipment is, all this kind of thing. Um, and the piece that's interesting there is um, they've kind of iterated several times on the technology, and and really, I guess, the piece that they're really settled on now is kind of QR codes. So it's very easy. They, they, they issued the organization a lot of QR codes, and then... Those QR codes get put on things, put in places or whatever, and it, or put on lanyards for employees, and then very quickly you can use that combined with location to do all kinds of very interesting things. So, so that was cool. Um, next up, we had Stefan, who, um, it just as a bit of a spoiler, he went on to win the Best Speaker Prize. This was a very cool talk, and I'm hopeful to get him here on the podcast Um he described how for the last 10 years or so he has run a little side project called Distance2. Uh, and it, you can you can reach it at distance.to. Uh, and basically it's just a website that lets you say, you know, let's a normal person calculate the distance between two points. Uh, so you can say, like, how far is London to Bangkok? You know, and it will say it'll show you, you know, here's how far it is by driving, here's how far it is and so this super basic functionality. But it's hugely popular, and he he um, you know he makes good money with this as a side project. And he described some of the weird and wacky interactions he's had there. Um, so, for example, the project really took off. He had launched it, I think, a year or two before. But um, if you'll pardon the pun, it, it exploded in popularity after Fukushima, because everyone's like, "How far am I from Fukushima?" So, or for example, during COVID. You know where various various jurisdictions had rules like you can you know you can only go 10 kilometers from your house or whatever you know and so I think it's very interesting because obviously this is a, a super basic GIS uh, functionality you know And the piece that was interesting is it shows you know by just taking this tiny functionality and making it simple for a normal person, you can you can create a lot of value there. Um, but he also told some funny stories like his interactions with flat earthers who write to him, you know, kind of complaining that <laughs> the, you know, I mean it, it was a good talk. It was a good talk. And so he was a deserved winner of the Best Speaker Prize. Um, next we had uh Anna, Anna Kiss from um Orbica. She talked about the Lebenswald project, which was um we've also discussed here on the podcast before, but it um Basically, using a map, they created a map for a, an NGO that made it got people much more um, interacting with the map as a way to generate donations around uh, rainforest preservation and and um, uh, wildlife preservation. And the piece that was introduced there was talking about, you know, by adding this map and the interactivity that the map allowed. They were really able to increase the um, the response and the donors to the to the NGO, so that was quite cool. Um, the fourth speaker was Alexis from Avuxi, who has also been on the podcast several times, and he just uh, you know talked about the the various tools that they've been building about showing location context. So. Um, you know, now we have a lot of tools like, uh, you know, for the normal person, Google Maps or whatever, or, or say OpenStreetMap that you can look at a map and you can see all the restaurants or whatever. But do those tools really give you a sense of like, you know, yeah, if you look at a map of London, you have thousands of these little points or whatever, but like what you really want to know as a visitor is like, where should I hang out? Which which yeah. areas, you know, so so this type of taking that, that you know, tsunami of information and condensing it into useful uh, uh areas of interest for for a normal person um so that was cool and then the final talk was a guy um Igor who he's built a command line service um called uh, oh, wttr.in and and you basically it's a command line service that lets you check the weather anywhere and you know you can do different ways of entering the location as the city name or as as like the airport code or things like that Um, So there's a geographic component, or or as an IP address. Um, So if you don't type in anything, it kind of looks up your IP address and tries to figure out the location from that. Um, So that was interesting. But the part that was really interesting was the, he kind of made the compelling case of using the command line as a display format, uh, as a, and this is something many services overlook, obviously, because they focus on web or mobile apps. But it was amazing, you know. He showed us the numbers of how many people are using this little application. You know, and unlike GitHub, it has like I don't know twenty thousand stars and things like that. I mean, this is really being used heavily. So by geeks. Um, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So um, that was cool. That was cool. And uh, you know, then afterwards we went downstairs and uh, had some beers, and it really felt like it felt like a London geomob. You know, it was the same vibe, um, the talks were good, the, um, the, the, the right people were there, and that there was a lot of you know, um, networking going on, and connections being made, so it was great, um, and we've already got the next Berlin event lined up, it's going to be on June 1st, we already have several people came forward and volunteered to speak at the next one, so that's wonderful. Um, although of course we're always looking for more speakers, so if anyone out there wants to volunteer, please do so. Um, all in English or in German? It was all in English. It's all in English in Berlin. All tech events are in English. I have to say, um, uh, you know, afterwards maybe the networking is in whatever language you want to speak in, but the um, but the presentations were all in English uh, and. Um, and also, I mean, in Berlin now, it, it reminds me a lot of London you know, 10, 15 years ago. I mean, the audience was also very international. Um, you know, of course, many Germans, but also many people, you know, Germany is very, um, you know, there are lots of Eastern Europeans, some Scandinavians, uh, people from everywhere. Um, right. So it's... I hate to say it, but I think... Um, You know, Berlin is definitely one of the big winners of Brexit in that regard. You know, people who may have previously, maybe previously would have gone to London, now maybe don't. So, um, you mean that
1: you mean that Britain isn't a winner from Brexit?
0: Yeah, (laughs) sorry, Stephen. Sorry. So, um, (laughs) um, anyway, yeah, Uh, yeah. So it it was great, and and. It it really feels like it was it was kind of the best case scenario for the kickoff uh, of Berlin, and I'm looking forward to many more. So.
1: So am I, and I'm looking forward to coming out to one. I'm not going to make the June the first one, because I'll be in Tel Aviv. Getting um, you'll be in Tel Aviv, and we've got a yeah, and we'll have a Tel Aviv event in June, um, which maybe you'll get over for.
0: Yeah, I'm um, hoping to get there. We're, I think that's tentatively scheduled. I think it, we're going to confirm in the next air or two, but um, June 20th, it looks like. So yeah. I- if I can at all work it, I'm going to be there because um, I guess it's the third or fourth one, and I'd like yeah. to get out and see it. Um, so I guess it, let's, we should run through briefly. We have a few other events as well. And we do. On we April, April 13th, we're going to have Helsinki, which I am going to. Amazing. And I'm going to... And I I have recorded an episode with um, one of the organizers of Geomob Helsinki, which will go live in a week or two, um, so they can get everyone can get all the details on um, Geomob Finland and the tech scene in Finland and things like that. Um, and then on April 18th, which is um, I guess a week later or so, uh, will be at our next London event, and we'll be back at Geovation. We have a um, a full lineup already set, so it's on the website. Everyone can have a look. Um, I guess one thing that's that's interesting and worth noting here is that um, that event we are partnering with um, women in geospatial. So yep. um, we have we have some excellent speakers, and and they are all women. So um, be a bit of a different twist, and um, it was very cool that we were able to get that organized. So. Come on, yes, come on so to, uh, to, Geo, to GeoVision.
1: So thanks to the team at Women in Geospatial for putting this event on with us. Um, I think it's going to be a great event. It's got some great speakers, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, so I'm just looking at this, and we've got events in London, Helsinki, Berlin, Tel Aviv, Barcelona we had as well. You know, GeoMob's really grown, you know. I mean, we. I remember us walking along the seafront in Barcelona talking about how we could build out Geomob Um, once when I was visiting you, and now we've got it in five cities Um, and I we're not going to say but there's possibly a sixth city about to announce that they're going to be hosting a Geomob Um, and maybe you know that will happen also this year so we'd have Geomobs in six different cities that's quite something that we've achieved Ed.
0: It's it's very very cool. I mean, things things took a bit longer than we hoped due to COVID, but um, you know, it seems like the momentum is building. So, so yeah, if anyone out there uh, wants to get GeoMob going in their city, you know, get in touch. Um, but likewise, again, uh, GeoMob is of course only possible if we have speakers. So please volunteer to speak in 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 any, whichever city works for you. We would love to have yeah. you.
1: Yeah, and we can also—we're not desperate, but we wouldn't mind sponsors either. More geomobs needs more
0: sponsors. That is true. That is true. Uh, uh, particularly, Stephen, I—I I, I did note at the last London geomob. Sweet Jesus, the price of beer has gone up uh, in in London. <laughs> it's, um, uh, yeah, that was. Um, I've I've become the gawking tourist who is like, oh my God, how expensive is that? Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I
1: think um, yeah. London, London is wants to prove that it's the most expensive city in the world. Um, it's battling with Tokyo. It's battling with Tel Aviv. I mean, amazingly, New York never figures in this most expensive city, and yet it seems very expensive whenever I've visited.
0: Well. Anyway, yes, anyone who would like to sponsor, please get in touch. Please get in touch. We would love to have you. So, so what's what's so, new at Mappery, Stephen? Ah, uh, well,
1: we've had some technical problems. Um, and this is real geek stuff. I mean, if there's anybody out there who understands PHP and WordPress, I needed you. I don't need you anymore because I've got Arno Ferrand, and he's a genius. Um, we had a random problem that we couldn't understand where the, the site crashed and was unavailable. Um, and this could go for weeks without happening, and then it could happen twice in a week. Um, and at the same time, we had a problem. You remember that we have over a thousand uh, posts about maps in the wild, and yeah. most of those were geocoded. And you could visualize them on a map and you could browse the site using a map interface. Um, And the map wasn't working. Um, So I don't know why the map broke and we couldn't work it out. And Arno was reading the JavaScript and saying, this is working. It should work. I don't understand it. So we sat down last week, um, actually at Geovation, Um, We had three screens in front of us, and in an hour, we cracked both problems. Um, I won't go into what the source of the problems was, but we solved the problems. So, and along the way, as part of the testing to try and find out what was causing one of the problems, we installed a new theme. So, we've got a new look mappery website that's stable and not crashing, and we've got um, the Maps in the Wild map back and running so all in all it was a fantastically successful day Um, and just proves as I the fact that when you sit together with somebody you solve problems so much faster than when you're trying to do this online you know I mean we could have done it online but we every single time you wanted to look at the other person's screen instead of leaning over you'd have to unshare your screen they'd have to share their screen i mean it's just not yeah not the same
0: there's no substitute for face-to-face yeah
1: anyway Uh, glad you got it solved
0: and we'll we'll obviously get get the get that linked in the show notes so people can check out the shiny new theme and the map and everything Well well done thank
1: you and what about OpenCage? You've got lots going on at the moment, if I remember correctly. We've got
0: a fair amount going on. So um, we are recording today on the 27th of February. And so this episode will probably not go live it, until early March. <coughs> but we have a big um, a change to our pricing coming out, going live on the 1st of March for um, new customers. And then... Existing customers will will have a few months, and then eventually they'll also get the new pricing. Um, and I intentionally say change, not just an increase to pricing. I mean, it's not a euphemism. We s- prices in some categories will be going up, uh, or in some currencies. We, we bill in several different currencies, um, but in other other categories and other um, things, that the the prices will be actually be going down. Um, Basically it was just time to readjust things. We've had the same pricing for seven, eight years now. Um and also we you know the currencies have kind of fluctuated and things. So so it was time to kind of clean that up and and readjust things. So um so obviously that's it a big mainly, project. Is uh, it
1: mainly a currency balance? Is it mainly exercise? So?
0: Yeah, it's um so some some prices stay exactly the same. So our entry level tier will stay the same. It's more, um, uh, although not for every currency, uh, uh, but um, it's more some of our high-end tiers. Some tiers will increase in volume, and some will increase in price, and some will increase both in volume and price. So um, it's a little complicated, because we have quite a lot of of different tiers, different currencies, and so there's a blog post on our site where it's all explained, so um, people can have a look. Um, But basically it was just time to clean that up and we used that as an opportunity to upgrade all of our billing code and and clean all that up and um, conceptually not such a difficult project, but obviously one that you want to get just right and make sure you don't make any mistakes and and mistakenly bill someone the wrong amount or something. So so that's what we've been working on. We have had another very interesting um, issue (laughs) Stephen, which it's interesting on several different levels. So, um, so I think we've talked about this here on the podcast. But in the in the past, about a year or two ago, someone, a guy on YouTube, started making tutorials that would show kind of different things. And and one of these tutorials was he he would show you he it, it, ost- ostensibly he was, it was about how to use APIs. And of course, so we offer an API. And so in his example project is a little script where you give it a phone number, OK? So let's say your phone number, um, he, he would then pass it to a different Oval library that would look at the country code of the phone number. So in your case, plus four four for the UK. And so look up that country code, get back the name of the country. Then he would pass the name of the country to our API, and we would return the coordinates for that country. Um, not particularly useful because obviously if you send us uh, you know the united kingdom we're going to give you coordinates somewhere in the middle of the united kingdom and um, so i don't really know why you would want to do this but the problem is in his tutorial you know he's kind of speaking quickly and he it's easy to have the impression that he's telling you the location of the mobile phone in question okay and that's kind of how the tutorial is marketed so this could be because he's, it's just an honest mistake, or, or or if you take a more cynical view, it's because he knows people want this, and he just wants to get views of his video on YouTube because he gets paid based on the number of views, right? Which, Which is what I think is more likely because, you know, so this created some problems where people would write to us and be like, hey, it's not working or whatever, and we'd have to explain, you know, so I had a whole blog post explaining, here's what's actually happening, here's why it doesn't work, but many people don't. Obviously, they don't want to read the documentation. They don't. Many of the engineers in question are not native English speakers, which also leads to you know they're what, the the video is in English, but you know maybe they don't fully understand it correctly or, or they get mixed up. Anyway, the so so this has been ongoing for about a year or so. And you know, people sometimes complain, and we point them to the blog post and we say, here's what happening. And by the way, I also have left comments on the YouTube video. And he then published um, the code as a in on GitHub. And of course, I left a comment there saying, like, look, this isn't working. Please can you clarify? etc. So here's where it gets very interesting. <laughs> it seems that uh, you know, like everyone else, uh, you know, a few months ago, um, Chat GPT came out, and everyone was amazed by it, um, particularly software developers. And many software developers have now been using it as a way to um, accelerate the the pace of development, or use Chat GPT to generate the code, or a first pass at the code, or whatever. So I guess Chat GPT, the training set that it was trained on, picked up these, this video. And so now, when you go to ChatGPT, and if you type in something like phone tracking script or, or different permutations or variations on that, ChatGPT will spit out perfect Python code uh, with a, a very convincing explanation of how you can use OpenCage to do this, to track a mobile phone. And the code is exactly there, and it says, you know, insert, put the, the phone number in this variable, and then call the OpenCage API. The only problem is this does not work at all, okay? (laughs) If this is not a service we provide, it's not a service we have ever provided, it's not a service we want to provide, or even a service that we're technically capable of providing. But the big problem is, I think as humans, when you watch a YouTube video, and it's another human explaining something to you, we are used to being a bit skeptical. You know, when we see a human, say, you know, if the human says it's the greatest thing ever, you say, well, maybe it's not the greatest thing ever. Or maybe he made a mistake. Or, or you know, maybe he's li- intentionally lying to me or whatever. We're used to having some caution on what humans say. But people are really not used to this with chat GPT. I know we are getting a tsunami of people who, you know, are like, here's the code. Why is it not working? And, and... Uh, typically, these people have made zero effort to like visit our site beyond to, uh, to sign up to get an API key. They haven't read the documentation, they they at all, and they're just you know frustrated that it's not working. Chat GPT said it would work, and why is it not working? And so, so this is so it's frustrating for the user. It's super frustrating for us because now we're getting I mean 20, 30, 50 of these signups a day, Stephen. Okay, um, and, I mean, and I mean, setting all this aside, you can also discuss this like why are these what is the use case for tracking someone's mobile phone? You know the, the, basically, it's like stalker software. okay, yeah, I- so that's that's disturbing in its own, right? Um, and so like we're kind of in the middle of this through through no um, through no fault of our own. And so it's like, what do we do about this? Okay, so again, I wrote a new blog post that kind of explains this and has a screenshot of ChatGDPD. You know, primarily with the intention of now when people, you know, the, when the support requests come in, I can point them to this blog post. And we're also now trying to thinking of how do we adjust our sign up flow and whatever so that we can kind of steer these people to these blog posts. Um, before they even like have to bother us with a support request, it's not so easy to do because um, you know it's very difficult to know. You know, people don't always answer the questions that we have in the sign up. We, you know, the, the and I don't want to annoy actual legitimate uh, uh, users and potential customers. I it's only I want to only get the, the phone tracking people. Um,
1: couldn't you anyway? Couldn't you put a in the sign up questions? Couldn't you put in the explicit question? Do you want to track phone numbers, or do you Of course we can, numbers? Stephen.
0: Of Stephen, do you think anyone will read anything at all? No, right. no. Okay. okay. Uh, of course we could do that. Of course, I, and 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 we are doing that. But no one wants to. You know, people are just click, 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 click. Uh, why isn't it working? You know, and, uh, you know. Maybe that can catch some percentage of people, but. Uh, of course, every bit of friction we also add in the signup process is another person who drops out, right? Of a potentially legitimate person.
1: You know what's amazing here, right? Yeah. Is that to use the OpenCage API, you've got to be moderately technical. You've got to be able to write some Python or some whatever code. You know, yeah. I mean, you've got to be able to write some code to call the API and to process the results you know
0: i mean but, but that's I just it g- Ch- now chat gpt will do that for you chat gpt will say here's the code just stick it in yeah but
1: even hold on right you could give me that python code i wouldn't have a clue what to do with it right you've yeah. got to be able to yeah you know, you've got to be able to i don't know run python you've got to have i don't know true you've got to have some coding you know it may make it really easy but you've got to be a moderately technical person to do this. Yeah. Pause for one second and think, the majority of phones in the world now are mobile phones. The The clue is in the name, mobile. The number does not
0: tell you where the phone is. Yeah, okay. I mean, S- it's, Stephen, Stephen, it's Stephen. so thick. People, look, look not yet, yeah, of course, but I mean, I just think for many people you know chat gpt is magic and if chat don't... gpt says this works who am i to doubt it this is what i i mean this is the real crux of it as i said is that as humans we life teaches us to be skeptical of things other humans say but not of but but if chat gpt says it you know the computer is never yeah. wrong stephen yeah. you know so well
1: i th- I think we're learning that it is wrong. Uh, I, uh, think... I mean, th-
0: so this was part of my motivation in writing the blog post, is because I want to to help. I, I mean, a it's also out of frustration. I you know this this situation is making me pull my hair out, but also to help raise awareness for the fact that we do as as humans need to learn that ChatGPT can be wrong. The computer can be wrong. You cannot just blindly trust it. So indeed, yeah. This this was um, the 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 title of my blog post is, uh, you know, do not trust chat GPT. And I try to explain in very simple terms, you know, here's here's what's happening and here's why you can't trust it, et cetera. So we will see, and now we are we are changing our signup flow, we're linking it from the documentation, you know, not with the assumption that that's gonna solve the problem totally, but maybe it can reduce it a bit. But, so then, um Here's where this gets even more interesting, Stephen. So then on Thursday evening, I wrote this post and published it. And you know, our blog it, it, it does not have a massive readership. Of course, I mean it's very, um, you know, we have the, maybe maybe some of our maybe some of our customers read it or whatever. So then um, I tweeted this out on our company Twitter account, which we still have, and on our company Mastodon account. And this, I think, is is very interesting because. So on Twitter, a few people picked this up and and retweeted it, um, and you know, and I did ask people. I'm like, hey, can you help us get the message out about this as a way that, like, because I, I want everyone to know we do not do this. Like, um, and you know, on Twitter we have a we have a I don't know a following of like I don't know 3,500 people or whatever, and so it got like you know maybe 30 um, retweets and stuff, and if one or two people commented or whatever, and it was fine. On Mastodon, this absolutely exploded, and where we have a much smaller following, we have like five hundred people because our account is is pretty um, is new. Pretty new. Obviously, we, we 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 just started on Mastodon, you know, two months ago. And I mean, we got one thousand two hundred boosts. It's still ongoing as of this morning. I, like I, I when I, you know, it's still there's a steady trickle of. Boosting and people commenting and um, it was amazing. I mean, I've well, never, I, uh, you know, in my 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 limited social media experience, I've never experienced anything like this. An absolute tsunami of traffic to the blog post. Um, this was so cool. I mean, so this, I, I you know, and I, I reflect on this. I think Twitter has just you know, has become so so much about the algorithm and about celebrity crap and the ads that legitimate content, um, I've also heard that they now heavily penalize, they're trying to reduce PAM. So they penalize if your tweet has a link in it. Um, and so obviously my my tweet had a link to our blog post. And so I just think it doesn't get surfaced. Uh, whereas on Mastodon, I mean, this really took off. So. I guess the, the learning for anyone out there listening is like, if your company, uh, um, I th- I, you know, I think people should embrace Mastodon. Um, uh, not in a spammy way or anything. I just want to stop anything. you. St-
1: st- I just want yeah. to stop you and point out that in November, when I moved to Mastodon, you were saying to me, I really don't want to do this. I know I've got to, but I really don't want to do this.
0: Well, because we had invested so much in Twitter, um, and yeah. uh, and but now I, the situation is like honestly, I I, I I I'm all in on Mastodon now. I'm all in. Right. So.
1: So, I've got to tell you, I haven't. Um, I used to cross post from Mastodon yeah. to Twitter. I stopped posting directly on Twitter, but I used to cross post from Mastodon to Twitter, and. I think the beginning of February, Elon Musk shut down free access tier of the APIs. Oh, right, to the API, um,
0: yeah, all the different clients and things, yeah.
1: And so um, that meant that the cross-posting stopped. Um, he also shut down for the various clients like Tweetbot and yeah, yeah. Um, which meant that everybody had to use either the web or the Twitter interface. Um and I stopped posting completely. So I haven't posted anything to um to Twitter for a month. I'm yeah. still getting likes and new followers at the moment. Right? I'm Ready not posting, spammy. Right? Yeah, my my profile says I don't post here come and find me on Mastodon. My profile image says something similar, and yet there's still people following me. I don't know whether they're bots or what. But
0: the well, they're bots just... or whatever, or, um, you know, now on the Geomob account, there's also still a Geomob Twitter account. We get regularly get direct messages from people trying to sell, you know, accounts. I don't know if they're people or bots or whatever. You know, when you look at the profile and it's just like, buy your cryptocurrency here and this kind of crap. I mean, it's just spam. It's just spam. So horrible anyway, place. yeah. It was it this whole experience was quite interesting. Um uh so and eye opening and, and uh you know bit it was fun because it's not every day um, in the world of geocoding, you have a, a viral breakthrough. So um fun stuff. Um so, and yeah the main takeaway well the t- main takeaway for everyone, please do not believe chat GPT. Okay. No.
1: So. Okay. Oh, yeah. Going back just for a second to the where-on-earth days, and I know we do this occasionally because then it became Yahoo and all of that. Um, yeah. We did have, in the days when mobile was relatively new, but landlines were still the dominant thing, we had a map of area codes.
0: Yeah, of course. There were, but... Yeah, Steve, that still exists. I mean, looking up the, you know, this prefix is in this area. First of all, um, it, it, in many countries now, you have much more number portability um, so that you can keep your number. Because, like in the U.S., it used to be, even if you got a mobile phone, it would have your area prefix. Um, but now, obviously, then people move and they keep their prefix. So, But that, that exists. There's no. no use case for that. This is all Neither. people wanting to stalk other people. On, on their mobile phone. <laughs> so um
1: you could just Yeah I mean
0: it's grim. Everything about the situation is grim. Like the use case is horrible and frightening. The incomprehension of what they're doing is horrible and frightening. The uh the the support burden on on me and my business is annoying. Like they're no winner. There's no one wins from any of this.
1: Okay. So. Uh. I was thinking. I, I, I guess
0: beyond 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 the listeners who get an interesting story out of it. I guess I don't know, but um,
1: you could resolve every telephone number request to um, Null Island.
0: We we are thinking about doing that. Of how can we how can we these requests that come in that are our phone number you know could, how could we redirect them somewhere? I mean to it to to the uh, the blog post or to an error page or something. Again, it's not trivial, because then you've got to correctly identify it as a phone number. There are some libraries that do this, but like the problem is that the, these requests are coming into our actual geocoding API endpoint. And the vast majority of requests that come in there, oh, I, I, maybe not the vast majority, but many of the requests that come in there are, 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 are strings of numbers as well, because they're coordinates. So I can't, ah. you know, I, I don't want to falsely identify coordinates as a phone number, if you see what I mean. Um, so it's it's really uh, several people in the comments are like, well, yeah, you should, if it's a phone number, you know, it's, it's not so easy to identify every phone number no. format of the world. Okay. Um, and do that in a way that guarantees you're not mistakenly mistargeting coordinates. Um, so yeah. And then other people had comments like, well, I just looked at your website and you know, it doesn't say anything about this on your homepage. i like, yeah, should we as a business have a huge banner on our homepage saying we do not do phone tracking? You know that does obviously. I want my website to be about what we do do, and and, yeah. and speak to potential yeah. customers, not uh, to you know. I don't know. It's anyway. It's a if any listener out there has a solution to this dilemma, please get in touch. So. Um, <sighs> On challenges. that cheery note, Stephen, we've we've yeah. we've chatted now for a while, so um, let's wrap let's, it. Uh, let's wrap it up. We'll, I guess oh, we'll let me back just say one weeks. thing.
1: Hold on, hold on. Of on ChatGPT, I just remembered something. A um, couple of weeks ago, I saw um, a press release. I It doesn't matter what the press release was. It was a geospatial press release, uh, except it wasn't. It was a magazine article, and it was clearly had been informed by a press release, and in addition, it had been written in English by a non-English speaker. And yeah. I don't want to criticize somebody who's working in geospatial media who doesn't speak English, but it wasn't very good. It was clumsy, and you could see the the corporate puff coming through. So, yeah, I took the topic and pumped it into Chat GPT, and yeah. it was astonishing. It was astonishingly good, right? Um, well,
0: this is one this of the is, problems. This Stephen. is the
1: problem with ChatGPT. Exactly, it's so convincing. I mean, yeah.
0: it's it's, yeah. it's really well written. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. And if I and tried I can, to I can, write
1: that, it would have yeah, taken me I, an hour, hour and a half to write that
0: piece. It's very convincing and compelling, and it it. Um, and exactly as you say, if someone who maybe English is not their native language and they, they you know, when you read the ChatGPT text, it sounds completely convincing. Um, and, and it really comes across as authoritative when it, it, really it shouldn't. I mean, that that is what GP does, is create authoritative text. Whether that text is yeah. true, irrelevant. No. Yeah, yeah. So... I did ask
1: ChatGPT whether it suffered from imposter syndrome, and it told me it wasn't. It didn't have emotions, but it then did go on to tell me that sometimes it knew it was wrong.
0: Well, it would be better if it knew it was wrong in this case, Stephen. Yeah. In in the case affecting my business. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, thanks for letting me rant about this, Stephen, because it's it's been it's a frustrating.
1: I'm sure it is. It's funny for the rest of us, but it is frustrating for you and Mark Tobias.
0: All right. Until next time, Stephen. Until next time.
1: Take care. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please get in touch with us if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics we should cover. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly mailing list where we keep you informed about upcoming events. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. Thanks for listening, and hope to see you at a geomob event soon.